everyone to our third airy fairy podcast a solid look at the far out or something like that hosted by myself Aliki Nectaria and Mary Lynch so today we thought we'd give you a bit of a background on how we came together and how it all led to us doing this podcast today Mary did you want to take off sure well you know, firstly, just before we started, Licky, I wanted to thank everybody for their feedback. And part of the reason that we are having a bit of a talk about ourselves and our origins and what we do is a few people have asked for that kind of information. So really wanted to, to share that with you because it is quite interesting how we came together. It's been almost seven years. I'd say it would be in a couple of months almost, not that I'm counting. Um, and we were brought together by mutual contact. I remember reaching out to, to him because I was looking for a place to work from and your name and number came through. I felt led to contact him first to find someone to work with and it was a really um, amazing way how we sort of got together because I remember making that phone call to you and you didn't ask me anything about why I wanted to come to see you you just said yes sure no problem and I thought that that was so easy and obviously when I came to see you it was just a feeling of recognition yeah and and I remember receiving the phone call which is interesting in itself because I'm sure we both receive so many phone calls (laughs) every day but I I remember the details of of receiving that phone call and and I do remember meeting you as well um and you know I guess from my point of view I was like yeah cool whatever let's just see how this goes and here we are seven years later and here we are it's been an evolutionary transition into a podcast I think the reason why we both felt comfortable creating this podcast together is that the level of care and quality that we both put into the work that we do is is so important to us both. And I think, Aliki, that, you know, we joke about the title being Airy Fairy because that's kind of what people consider the work we do. But to both of us, it is very solid. It is very serious and and we understand, I guess, partially through lived experience, partially from the the miracles that we get to witness in our clinic rooms and sometimes over Zoom, um, that this is really serious stuff that we do. And, And sometimes I feel personally so incredibly humbled at what I see before me um, and, you know, and I think for us too, what started off as a business relationship, you know, has turned into a very deep friendship, which I hope you guys, our audience, can, can really benefit from hearing um, because we do stretch not just the limits of our knowledge, but we stretch the limits of each other. And, and I'd like to think in that we're stretching the limits of consciousness as well. We do stretch the limits with each other. We do. We as therapists also challenge each other and 
that's a very unique type of friendship as well, I feel like, that we have developed over the years. And I really like what you said, that we do, we do very serious work. We do very deep and serious work with people. And it is an honour because we feel this matters to us as well. And it does give us a sense of freedom too in working with the human condition in the way that we do. And it gives us an understanding, a deeper understanding of how people really work in many different ways. And I think in a way that perhaps no other vocation sort of does. And for me, it was an actual calling. And I know I don't like to use that word like that, but, you know, for both of us, we didn't, we didn't set about <laughs> to leave school and become therapists or transformational coaches or transformational therapists. I didn't know who I was, I reckon, for the first 20 years of my life, maybe a bit more. And it was actually only through my own seeking of knowledge and also my own training in and querying and and seeking that I've landed where I've landed and I think it's the same for you. I wanted to, to study psychology in my formative years however I was redirected in a different pathway. I'm glad I took that pathway because as I shared earlier I feel I've been groomed since childhood to, to do what I'm doing because I always felt that deep, deep knowing that I was going to be working with people in a big way. But I do feel that it was that ignition point of timing, as I mentioned earlier, catalyst experience and meeting those people that have become a significant part of my mission here to do the work that I do. So I suppose we were going to chat a little bit about what we do as hypnotherapists, right? Yeah. Talk about the modality. Itself. Yeah, because that's the common modality that we both actually practice. Um, and I think we, we both have put our spin on it. Um, and, and I think it's interesting that, you know, the word hypnotherapy is a Greek word, and and I think it's even more interesting, Aliki, that we both have Greek ancestry, and that just added to our connection even more. And both of us, I guess, being from a Greek heritage, both up brought up very differently as well, which also plays out very differently in the way that we are as people and we express ourselves and our ethnicity or sense of identity or whatever it is that we've got so I have an Australian mother with a Greek father and, and I've got two Greek parents in that way we've definitely had very different upbringings and I guess different experience exposure yeah. to the culture as well going back to the origins of hypnotherapy yeah so I think it's funny because hypnotherapy or hypno in Greek means sleep and and I think it's a it's a misnomer that hypnotherapy is sleep therapy. It also has an origin dating back from ancient Egypt as well. So they used hypnotherapy as a way to, to induce healing. 
And, you know, and I think too that the, um, you know, there's, there's this expectation sometimes with, with people that we're going to get them to close their eyes, click our fingers, and they're going to cluck like a chicken and quack like a duck, give me their pin number, or I'm going to click my fingers and they're going to magically stop smoking. You're now referring to the difference between hypnotherapy and hypnotists and hypnotism because hypnotherapy has very particular therapy techniques that are, are used and it's those therapy techniques whilst in that state that we call trance, it's very powerful in creating shifts that would normally have some interference from, from the conscious mind. And I think it might be worth mentioning, Aliki, that the, the real power of, of hypnotherapy is accessing the subconscious, which is 90 to 95% of who we are. And why most cognitive therapy fails is that it's only accessing that 5 to 10% of conscious processing. And the advantage of accessing that subconscious is that when your subconscious believes something to be true, it's absolutely true for you. The subconscious also likes targets and goals. It thrives on them. So when there's no target or goal set, it can be a lazy part that mm. the subconscious can be very lazy. Well, it's got a lot to do, right? Hypnotherapy doesn't just work with what we call it to be the subconscious. It also works with the superconscious and the superconscious is also known to be called the higher self or the, the higher power and one of the things that I guess people don't realize is you don't even have to close your eyes to be in hypnotherapy or to be in hypnosis it can be done consciously depending again on that practitioner's experience of understanding the psyche People may also not realise that we go in and out of hypnosis all day long, whether we realise it or not. Yes, daydreaming is an yeah. example of that natural state. Or, or I like to use, you know, when you go to a, a movie and you completely lose track of time, you lose track of the day, you've bawled your eyes out because the lead character died, you've been in a state of hypnosis while you've been watching that movie. And also, like, the, the more it stays with you, the more it's actually then imprinted sort of in, in your subconscious and you start to reference it, you know, that's when you know it's got in pretty deep. So, you know, we touched on a little bit about cracking like ducks and giving ATM pin numbers. What do you have to say about that for people who actually do that stuff or, or go to that place? I don't actually talk about that because it's not in my consciousness to reference I don't attract that type of dialogue I think because it's just not part of what I do it's not but sometimes people have that preconception so that so mm. they've you know sometimes what happens with me is people will say oh Mary I've given been given your number by such and such or you've come really highly recommended how do you work what do you do and if I mention that I'm a hypnotherapist oh my gosh they get a bit concerned so to me, the, the thing that I say back to them around that is, you know, those people who do quack like ducks or that kind of stuff in that stage hypnotism, firstly, they're highly suggestible. And secondly, they know they're in for a bit of a laugh, so they're kind of going along with it. I remember my very first experience of hypnosis was 
when I was at uni and I was in uh, first year. And we had to, um, in, I was doing psychology, actually, a psychology subject, and I had to um, do volunteer hours for the PhD students. It was something I had to do as part of the courseware. And one of the things that I, I did was a volunteer for this hypnosis experiment. I thought it would be a bit of a laugh. And I remember, see, I still remember it, quite like, and it's like, you know, more than 30 years ago now. And I remember sitting in this chair and the guy was telling me that there's flies and I had to swat these flies. Now, my conscious brain knew enough to know that there were no flies in the room, but yet I did it and I was laughing at myself while I was swatting the flies. So I still had a choice in it. And I think that that's, that, that aspect of choice is always available to our clients. And sometimes our clients choose to not follow the instruction choose to go down a different pathway. And, and I like to say that all hypnosis is self-hypnosis because we can be the best therapist in the world. But if we're making a suggestion that our client doesn't want to follow, they will not follow that suggestion. That's actually correct. So no amount of guidance or therapy can be achieved without permission. It's a very important part um, of a person's psyche there is a protective mechanism there for that so let's talk about now how hypnotherapy can make a difference and what areas it does succeed in and deep transformational work with myself in the years that I've been working with hypnotherapy I've had the opportunity to work with a huge variety of cases. So there are people that specialize in certain types of hypnotherapy, people that specialize in stop smoking, some people specialize in weight loss, some people specialize in hypnobirthing or phobias. Whereas I have tended to take on particular people as clients rather than just specific areas so in doing so it's it's given me quite a broad range of experience because when we take on a, a client sometimes they come in with a symptom there's so many different facets to the enmeshed energies involved with that person and it's knowing how to break them down and knowing where to start sometimes and sometimes the symptom isn't necessarily the area of direction so for example if someone wants to stop smoking and generally a stop smoking session sometimes it can work for a person straight away however often people can become smokers again yes that's what I found too. Most people will stop initially and then mm. a stressor may, ha may happen and they start up again because you haven't addressed everything around the reason that they smoke. And if someone's been smoking for years and years, unless we set that strong foundation yep. as to what we're going to be taking away from them, it's a really broad area just to take that one thing away. You've got to get the subconscious to agree that it's a good thing for this person, right? Because otherwise yes. you're going to be fighting a losing battle. So that's just one example of how we work. A lot of the experience that I have as well is with crisis and health issues. Sometimes a person doesn't really know 
why they are seeing us. And they think it's because of their relationship breaking down, family dynamics. um, The kids gone off the rails. Abuse. Because when we have someone in front of us and, and our conversation opens up, they may want to lose weight, but then we discover that there are certain hidden elements that they finally disclose to us that the weight is protecting them from these particular areas or or, or there's other reasons for the patterns around eating that are creating the weight gain to for them just to lose weight unless we find out the real backstory it's it's going to impact the actual weight loss progress so there's a lot that we really uncover And that's why the sessions are really tailored very much for the individual at hand. And for me too, that's also why my sessions are quite long. You know, they're Mm. at least two hours. Sometimes they can go a bit over, sometimes a bit under. But Mm. I need that amount of time, Maliki, because like you said, the presenting problem is just the symptom. It's the catalyst that's brought them into your room. That catalyst has been created from years of, other stuff and and other dysfunction and you know what I've really really appreciated over the years because I mostly just do hypnotherapy these days um, and trauma work and what I've really appreciated is the broad depth that people are and what is really what is really required to get the conscious mind on board as well as the subconscious mind you can't just work with the subconscious mind if the conscious mind doesn't want to do it And you can't just work with the conscious mind if the subconscious doesn't want to do it. So I think we both work similarly in that there's a fair amount of psychoeducation that happens Mm. prior to actually commencing the therapeutic side of the session. Preparation is very important. There's so much just to listen to from another person. They've probably not had the opportunity to speak freely about certain things and it does take time for some people to warm up it's a little bit about helping to join the dots as well between presentation and backstory and stuff that may be contributing and it takes a little bit of toing and froing I feel as well to get to that place with myself I also feel I need to do awareness counseling as well for that person and providing them with particular information or mentoring or coaching that they might need around a particular topic before we go into the therapies. It's just laying a laying the groundwork. And I think it's essential too that that you know the client does have some outworkings from the session because you know you can't expect somebody to come to your room, have this awesome miraculous experience and then try and do their life the way they did it you know I like to give my clients some some outworking some tools to use some things to consider because I want them to be better than what they were when they came in not just this snapshot or this tiny little widget of improvement I want a big chunk of improvement because I know they're capable of it the way I like to explain that is preparing the mental body so the mind body the conscious body for the work from the subconscious and the the other energy bodies to fall in line and be able to communicate with each other all effectively so that it all comes together and integrates 
because because whether we integrate it or not or listen to it or not it's still there and that's what I think we don't realize we think that if we bury something under the carpet that we're not going to trip over it you know eventually we, we will if we keep burying stuff under the carpet we will trip over it it'll still be there it's time to acknowledge no matter how challenging it may be because that lends itself to the whole quantum physics thing right that sure. observation changes Absolutely. the outcome it sure does and if you haven't heard of that that's part of the um the wave particle just look theory. for it on youtube the the double what is it the double slit experiment the double slit experiment it's phenomenon yeah but it really is it's a phenomenon and I guess it's just entered my mind, Aliki, now to, to talk about maybe a lot of people that come and see me have done meditation. And, and what would you say the difference is between a meditation and, and what we do as hypnotherapists? Meditation is an add-on. If you are someone that has had trauma in your life and you take on meditation, chances are that something may be triggered in or during meditation. And if that person or that meditation doesn't have a foundation to understand the psyche and what can happen with meditation, it can cause more damage sometimes. Because it's unsupervised. It's not that we're talking badly of meditation because it is a very powerful addition and add-on and it does have amazing self-care properties to it for a lot of people it does but again if you've got bombs going off while you're trying to meditate you're not going to get the benefit of it and then you go into a story about why you're so messed up because you can't do this simple one thing that everybody else seems to be able to do and the engagement's not there so for example someone that is experiencing extreme high anxiety to give them the task to meditate is oh, impossible. It's crazy it's impossible oh, yeah because they're in an over stimulated state already yeah. and they need to be pulled in first to be able to getting them to the point to be able to meditate well that's like I often say to some of my clients have you ever tried mindfulness and I'll go and how was and they go didn't work and I'm like Mm -hmm. of course because again your subconscious is saying run forest run and you're trying to go oh there's the chair and the air on my face and the wind in my hair none of that's important when the tiger's chasing you so we need to get rid of the tigers yeah help the client realise that they're in a safe space to be able to enter where they need to go. That does take assistance and those therapy tools that we do whilst in that hypnosis state, it really does make a difference so that that person can then continue with that self-care of meditation. And I think it's really important for people to realise that they're not hopeless or useless or messed up because they can't do these practices because these practices are which is fabulous that they've entered the mainstream vernacular it's it's great um and it's being prescribed all over the place which is so so good but 
but to our listeners who are hearing this and thinking, well, I can't meditate, it's not because of you. It's because of what's going on in the background. It's like you've got so much noise that you can't find the place, the space to do what's required. And then we can go into, well, what type of meditation is key and what meditation means to one person isn't the same to another. So once again, it's it's understanding that every single person is unique. What works for one person may not work for the other. And it's tailoring therapy to each individual. And that's why we as hypnotherapists are very precise in doing that. Uh, yeah, I, t- I, I do agree. And it's very fundamental that that we do yield and bend and mold ourselves into what's required to bridge the gap from where the client is to where they want to go and that does take skill it does take devotion and it does take you know an out-of-the-box thinker which I think we both are it looks like we may be running out of time perhaps next topic we can talk a little bit more about how we work individually Maybe we could mention our own personal websites, Mary. Well, my, my website is uh, marylynch.com.au. My website is thepathclearer.com. So if you want to have a look at what we do personally as well, you can reach us on those sites or you can send us an email at airytherypodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to let us know if there's a topic that you'd like to, for us to talk about or if you just want to contact us for any assistance at all, you're welcome to do so. Thanks so much for listening and we'll join you again next week on Airy Fairy.